Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our community. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Down in Chicago. The fans expect some tough competition today. But there's a foundation there of players that has been created over time. Shift to the eye formation. Butkus and Fortunata making the stop. The addition of Nick Cole, we've increased competition at a critical position. Rudy Bookage handing off to Gail Sayers. Peyton and Harper behind Abilene. Gail Sayers ducking through. Peyton through the middle. Touchdown. We need to figure out offensively what is our identity. But I can tell you guys right now, we're ready for everything. For me, it's just one game at a time. This is only one game. You, I got to continue to stay focused, stay in this mental space that I'm in, and just keep getting after it every single week. It's the Hogan Johns Podcast. Podcast. This is the 11th play of the drive, and the pass caught for the touchdown by Jimmy Graham. Definitely staying in the moment, staying present, and being with my teammates is what's most important. And there's the rollout and the pass, and it's caught for the touchdown. Or you just roll it out and throw it to Javon Wins for an easy touchdown. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Stafford looking, throwing, oh, and the pass. And it's going to be intercepted. The Bears get it back, and it's Kyle Fuller with a huge pickoff. And there's the long pass to Miller, and Miller is there, and it's a touchdown. Anthony Miller. Here they are, the Adams. If you don't win, you can't have fun. Hogan Johns. We wanted to win so we could dance. And there was never, ever a doubt. <laughs> Never a doubt, maybe many doubts. <laughs> what a start to the 2020 season. You know, there's not many things you can count on in life right now these days. This COVID world. But you can count on the Lions to Lions <laughs> things up. And Matt Patricia to do the things that he does to cough up a lead. How about the 11th? Blown fourth quarter lead under Matt Patricia for the Detroit Lions. That's crazy. And that's in less than so this is the the third or first game of his third season. Yep. Not good. <laughs> Not good. Warm that up that is, seat of his. That's insane. Um but hey, if you're the Bears, you take it. Welcome in. What a start to the season. The Bears are one and oh somehow. And uh I don't know. We're going to get into all this. Mitch Trubisky, what a day. What a wild ride. What a what a crazy game it was. Bears do get the victory, 27-24. Hogan Johns here with you in our first post-game episode of the season. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Post-game reaction up. I'm at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy at The Athletic, theathletic.com, The Athletic app. It's where you should be listening to this podcast, where you can read all that great post-game coverage uh, and get 40% off. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you can do that. Where do we start? <laughs> uh, well, you take it. I, I know there's going to be some, you got a rant. I'm looking at your eyes. You got a rant ready to go here. I'm just amazed. I, I, I just cannot, the Lions, it's an ongoing joke on this podcast. Like the Lions are just a constant thing. And and I've wondered if other cities say that about Chicago and the Bears. Maybe, I don't know. The Bears certainly do have their tendencies and they look like they were on brand for three quarters of this game. So just thinking about that, if the rest of the, of the NFL is saying that about the Bears, that the Bears are just the Bears, but in Chicago... We say the Lions are just the Lions. What does that say about the Lions? <laughs> right? Because whatever the Bears' tendencies are and whatever they're known for, Matt Nagy's 5-0 and against Matt Patricia. Okay? And here's what I'm getting at. And I wrote about this at NBCSportsChicago.com too. We talked about it on the podcast coming in. 
I wrote about it during the week. Mitch Trubisky. The reason why Trubisky owns the Lions. A lot of it has to do with playing man coverage. A lot of it has to do more so, in my opinion, with the fact that they just don't rush him. They don't make him uncomfortable. Now, Trubisky said after the game, the Lions did a good job of mixing up coverages. By the way, you'll hear from Mitch coming up here. He said they did a good job of mixing up their coverages early on in the game. Hmm. Maybe that's why Mitch Trubisky looked lost sometimes <laughs> for the first three quarters of this game. And then he said, well, we also knew what they were going to do when it came down to crunch time. That's play man defense. And we knew that. I'm quoting Mitch that already said it. We knew that. Meanwhile, on the sideline, you got Anthony Miller begging to Matt Nagy. Hey, this guy, this uh, third-string cornerback, Tony McRae, because, by the way, the Lions were down Desmond Trufant. They're down Justin Coleman in this game. That's big. Huge. The first-round pick didn't play. Yes. So Tony McRae's out there, and Anthony Miller's going, you got to give me the ball. I can beat this guy. I can beat this guy. And sure enough, it's man coverage. It's one-on-one. Mitch throws a dime. Looked a lot like the catch Miller had last year in Detroit. I, I just, I'm amazed. Matt Patricia never changed, my man. It's unbelievable. And that's just one of the reasons why the Lions coughed up this game. But Jimmy Graham, it looked like Matt Patricia called timeout because Jimmy Graham had an advantage. Call timeout. Okay. Wow, that's smart coaching. So what do they do? They come out of the timeout. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Bears didn't change. And it's that same guy, Tony McRae. Right. Tony McRae. We're, we're coming at Tony McRae. <laughs> Who's Tony McRae? No one has ever heard of Tony McRae. And there he is one-on-one against Jimmy Graham out of a timeout. Mitch lobs it up. Easy touchdown. Unbelievable. See, I'm already getting, like, I just got one right now. Um, I tweeted out Trubisky's fourth quarter stats over an hour ago. So here's one. uh, Here's one reply already. After Detroit lost their corners, this guy was really good. And that's that's a fair assessment. It, it, It really is, but... I guess this is how I'm choosing to, to, to view this game, um, especially at the end, given you know the quarterback competition, given the this, this being the first game played during the pandemic, is that the Bears were on the road down 17 points in the fourth quarter against a divisional rival with supposedly a superior quarterback. And somehow, some way, they come out of that with a victory. I know there was a drop touchdown pass by the Lions at the end, but it doesn't matter. You've got to make the play. You take it. You go dancing clubbed up. It's been a crazy year. Go feel good about yourselves. You were down three scores going in the fourth quarter. I don't care if Tony McRae is playing. You still got to beat Tony McRae. And the Bears did. They did. But given all those circumstances, like they didn't just give up. They played on. They played well. You take it if you're Matt Nagy. Yeah, you take it. You take it if you're Mitch Trubisky. You you also make sure you send a Christmas card to Matt Patricia, though. I'm sure Matt Nagy already does. I'm not gonna lie, Johns. I'm 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 sitting there at halftime and and I'm going. You know what? Put in folds. It. <laughs> I, I, I because at that point, and and here's the thing. I actually thought that Mitch made some good decisions, and in the first half, and I thought that. And we heard Nagy say after the game, he thought that he was doing a decent job standing there in the pocket, which is a big emphasis. And, you know, the head coach knows better than all of us. I don't think he's just saying that. I don't think he's lying with that. Um, I just thought the accuracy was kind of off. You know, I I thought the decision-making and the operation of the offense was actually pretty good in the first half. But regardless, couldn't score a touchdown. You know, what? what, it's just, it's almost, and the way I was thinking about it at halftime was like, it's just that it factor. It's not there. It, something's missing here. Something's missing in the offense. Whatever it is, maybe it's just that time to put in the other quarterback. And I don't know. I My guess is the Bears would not have been there um, like week two, just starting next week. I, I'm, I My guess is it still would have been Mitch. But, man, that was an ugly play there in the fourth quarter. After they scored the first touchdown – Mitch goes backwards. I realize his offensive line didn't really block, but he's running backwards. He then he fumbles the ball, and you're just going, "Oh God!" Yeah. I mean, is yeah. this the end? I mean, it all it sort of it felt like they were getting to that point. Yeah, I think I used the uh, Michael Scott gif, you know, where he's 
kind of clenching his teeth um, in I, disgust. Like, oh no, like I, we've I will, seen that before. Was it wasn't that from like the Chargers game, right? Where yeah, he kind of yes. turns around, rolls the other way. Here comes a fumble. Like, oh no. By the way, I like that we both went gift there because I used the um, Keenan Thompson uh, Black Jeopardy. Oh yeah, okay, what? Good one. Yeah, we're basically saying the same thing though. Yikes! Yikes! Not good. Not good. But things change in the fourth quarter. Um, well, things change. Like, yeah, I, I thought the game was over then, but I guess that's when the Lions are still the Lions, and you know what, what happened after that. I got Kurt Fuller made an interception not too long after that, right? Uh, I believe. I don't know if it was Kurt or Kendall. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. And Kendall Fuller delivering for the Bears' defense. It's, it's one of the two. Yes, yes. I still like Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. See, I didn't think I the defense I... played all that well. We're, I know we're going to get into the defense later in this podcast, but like, there were some plays where I'm like, oh, that's kind of alarming. Like, there is a, a notable player who is trailing – significantly in coverage right now over the middle of the field. Like, this is problematic, but we got time for that. No, I do want to get in the defense because I I, I don't know how much we discuss this. I, I've had my concerns. Um, not that the defense is going to be bad. I just – I have my concerns that they're going to be dominant, and uh, I think a lot of those concerns were actually realized today, so that's worth discussing. At some point. And we, we have to acknowledge though, the fact, though, and it's sort of along those lines. Even after all that, Mitch comes back. The Lions dropped the touchdown at the end to win the game. I mean, this was a gift. It was, Like you said, you take it, you run with it, you want to know. And I agree. Matt Nagy talked about after the game about how important it is to just have that good feeling. You know, this week at House Hall instead of they're still going to look at all the bad things that happen and try to fix them, but that moxie is going to be a little bit different getting that win. So uh, I guess you also put DeAndre Swift, the rookie, on the uh, Christmas card list too because, I mean, that should have been the game-winning touchdown. I'll say this. Call it a gift if, if, if you want, and that's a completely fair assessment. But that gift would not have existed if the Bears didn't play themselves into such a situation. And just to be in that situation where a gift <laughs> is given. For once, maybe the Bears earn that gift. Aren't, aren't they usually the, the givers of gifts? We covered Jay Cutler, ultimate giver of gifts. Yep. And Mitch didn't turn the ball over today. No. Well, they did. Uh, yeah, they did. Re- uh, Charles Leno Jr., I believe, recovered his fumble, but almost. Um, so, you take it. Bears will take it. Had every right to dance it up in club dub. Yes. All of these things can be true at the same time. You <laughs> take it. There's good things Mitch did. There's bad things everyone did. Um, should we hear from the quarterback? Should we hear what he had to say? All right, here's Mitch Trubisky after the game. Mitch, what did you see on the uh, on the pass to Anthony, and did it remind you at all of the Thanksgiving, uh, or Thanksgiving last year, like kind of around that same uh, spot? Yeah, it was actually the same same exact route. We just dressed it up a little differently with the formation and all that, and uh, it was the same end zone and same side of the field. So it was kind of it was kind of weird uh, that, that happened. But I, I just trusted him. He he kept telling me all game, just trust me, trust me, stick with me. Um, and I did. I just looked off the safety, put it in a place where he could he could make a play, and he made a phenomenal catch. So a lot of credit goes to O line for for just giving us time and. and, and Dialing it out, but Anthony made a phenomenal catch, and uh, it, it was really similar to the one last year. It's kind of crazy. Jan Wiederer. Mitch, can you can you take us through your adrenaline rush from that catch and, and just the way the, the end of the game unfolded? And then also, Jimmy uh, just described the atmosphere today as a little bit awkward. I, I wonder what your impressions were of just being in this strange building with with no one here, with no no noise ever. Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's a little like a little weird. I don't know if eerie is the right word, but we definitely miss the fans, uh, home or away. We want to get them back, but whenever it's safe to do that, it's it's definitely a huge part of football. But I think that just is another obstacle you got to overcome. You got to create your own energy for your team and for your offense. And I think our playmakers did that in the second half. We just gave them opportunities, and they went up and made plays. Um, and we and we stuck together. So it's I'm really proud of the team, the way we battled, the way we came back. Um, I think it says a lot about our, our character and how we just never gave up on each other. 
Mike Berman. Mitch, you talked about all the things you did in the offseason to, to get yourself ready for this season. And then this game does not start how you wish it would have started, but you're able to lead the team to a win in the fourth quarter. How, how were you feeling? What were you thinking mentally late in that game? And what do you think um, for you a, a win like this does and, and the way that you were able to lead it and make it? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, first half didn't go how I wanted, how our offense wanted. Um, we, we knew we, we got to be better on third down earlier in the game, and especially in the red zone. Um, but I think what really helped me first half the second half was when you start to get in a rhythm, you start to not think. So uh, just getting out of your own your head, not thinking about anything else except the, the next play. And that's what we did as a unit, I thought, um, and myself. So I was just – going out there and playing, let, letting the game come to me, seeing the defense, going through reads, um, and taking what they gave us. So we just had a mentality on the sidelines. We, we got together as offense, and uh, we knew we weren't out of it once we were down by 17. We just want, just one play at a time. Like, we don't have to do anything crazy. Uh, we're still in it. Let's stick to what we do. Let's find completions. Let's just go down there, play our game, but take it one one play at a time. And I think when we started getting to a rhythm, um, you start to – you start to not think and just play fast. And I think that's when things started to roll for us in the second half. JJ. Hey Mitch, Anthony told us that earlier in the game, they were throwing some zone concepts at you guys that you maybe didn't expect, but then later on they switched to playing a little bit more man. Did that also help you guys get in the rhythm a bit, just going against a defense you have beat pretty significantly and, and consistently? Yeah, I think they were doing a good job mixing up, uh, especially in the first half. And then when it got down to, to the wire, I mean, they're going to they're gonna play with play what they trust most. And, and that was man for them, and we knew that. So it, it was all about winning our one-on-one matchups. The O-line did a great job winning their one-on-one matchups up front, giving me time, and the playmakers made plays down the stretch. Um, but I also thought they did a great job mixing, mixing in zone in the first half, um, doing some a, a couple confusing looks. But you're always going to have that in the first game. So we just got to – continue to get better on offense uh, and, and get ready for next week and, and try to find those things in film study. But it, that's always going to happen. They're always going to have some un unscattered looks, but we just got to trust our eyes, go out there and, and play as a unit. And, and we did a lot better job that second half. How about Kush? Mitch, there were a handful of throws in the first half, mainly a couple to Graham, a couple to Allen. It was really hard to tell if you were off just a little bit or if they were mistiming leaps. Is that kind of what you're talking about, that first half with no live game action? Did it really just take a while to get into the rhythm of the game? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. It was just – I mean, football is a game of inches. So if some, if, if I'm off or they're off by one inch, it, 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 could, it could change the course of a play. And uh, I think with it just being a new year, first game of the season, no fans in the stands, it's a little bit different feel. So um, coming off training camp, no preseason games, no – that was the first time we went against someone else. So you're always going to have those, but it, it's just trust. You just trust the reps that you got in practice. You trust that if you run the offense, it, it's going to come to us. And, and I think that's what we did. We just stuck together. We grinded it out and we created more rhythm. But obviously, if we want to be a great team, we got we to gotta learn from that and we got to start faster. And uh, that's on me and the rest of the guys on offense to, to fix that and just come out rolling. Kevin Fishbane. Mitch, the, um, the touchdown, Javon Wims, uh, if you kind of walk us through, you know, that, that play. And the play right before that looked like one of those kind of ones where you scramble around, you're able to find Jimmy. Those back-to-back, -back, um, how nice it was to have that rhythm, be able to throw on the move um, and, and get yourself within three there. It was good. The one that Jimmy was a cover zero, um, they, they kind of hit it on a slate. And when I was, when I was uh, late in my cadence, so I saw that, I beat the defensive end, and Jimmy beat his guy on the shallow, and I just uh, kind of turned into like a little uh, backyard uh, recess play almost. I just scrambling and got him the ball, and uh, he made it. He, he almost scored. It was an awesome play. And then next one to Javon, we had a little um, little uh, route to A-Rob, and the corner fell off on, on A-Rob, and then Javon just uh, stuck with the progression and, and ran his route and, and did a heck of a job catching the ball. And uh, that's that just comes down to execution. So if you just take what the defense gives us, uh, trust our reads, trust our routes, and everybody be on the same page, and that's what you get. So sometimes you got to make things happen, uh, like the play to Jimmy, and then other times you just you got to do exactly what's expected of you uh, on your job uh, for that play. And everybody did that. So that's how you get in the end zone. Pat Finley. Mitch, uh, how, does, how much easier does it make your life when the run game is going well, and, and what was it like to watch them get in the rhythm today? 
It was awesome. I think it helps the big boys up front. They love coming off the football and, and opening up run lanes for our running backs. And then I think it settles our running backs in as well. And then uh, we, we just want to keep te- teams off balance. And um, that's that, that comes for us being in balance and then never knowing what's going to come next. So hitting them with the pass, hitting them with the play action, hitting them with naked screens, the runs. Uh, I think when you're a balanced offense, every, everything just starts to open up and the O-line did a great job creating lanes for the running backs to run, and uh, it was creating rhythm for our offense. We just got to get in the first half, be a little bit better on third downs, and uh, that, that's on me to do that. So um, we just, we just got to keep grinding, keep getting better, but I definitely love to see the run game going. Um, running backs run hard, and the O-line uh, just busting their tails up front. They, they, they played a great game. Adam Johns. Two more for Mitch, by the way. Adam Johns. Hey, Mitch. Uh, Matt has talked to, to us before about you kind of – taking charge of your own story, writing your own story, uh, to, to use his words. What do you think this this game, the, the slow start, the, the big finish, kind of does for you in that sense, maybe in another way of, like, connecting with him again this season? Um, for me, it's just one game at a time. I mean, this is only one game. Um, you, I got to continue to stay focused, stay in this mental space that I'm in, and just keep getting after every single week, I think. Uh, if you're focused on writing the story while you're going through it, then you can kind of distract yourself. Um, it's better to just stay present, live in the moment, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And then one day maybe I can look back on it and be proud of it because I know I know I'm going to give it everything I got. But definitely staying staying in the moment, staying present, um, and being with my teammates is is, is what's mo- most important. And then we'll just go from there, one game at a time. Last one, Dan Wiederer. Mitch, can you can you give us a, a snapshot from from the locker room and Club Dove after the game and what that was like for you? It was lit. It was lit. It was good. We had a good time. We got some we got some new songs in there. We got it going. Um, it, it feels good. We know wins are, are tough in the NFL. Um, Detroit played a really good game, but it, it's always nice to celebrate with your boys. Um, There's a long training camp. A lot of unknowns throughout the season, but to kick off the season that way and. and and then finish it and then go in the locker room and have the club dub. It's, it's a special. So, like I say, just living in the moment and enjoying, enjoying it with these guys. What's one of the new songs? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm going to keep that in the locker room. <laughs> I don't know if I know the – This is I the Athletic Shield Kapadia here problem. to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. It was Miller time in Detroit today, which is a great way for us to segue and tell you that it's always Miller time in Chicago because the Bears and Miller Lite are two iconic parts of Chicago and go together naturally. So even if there are no fans at Soldier Field this season, it's still Miller time. Look, here at Hogan Johns, we know that people are stuck in their homes. Uh, they can't go to games. We watch the games today from our own homes. Um, Adam, I got texts from friends in their backyards having little barbecues, sitting around a an outdoor television, uh, sharing some Miller Lights. I had some Miller Lights at my uh, son's communion party yesterday. That was all socially distanced and safe outside, Adam, so it's great for any occasion. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting how we're watching the games this season. I I watched the game outside today on the back porch. It was better than Ford Field, I have to say. Um, but couldn't have the Miller Light 
in my hands during the game. Still working. Later on tonight, when I'm watching football, definitely be having it, uh, having some Miller time. Because no matter where you are watching the game, it's always Miller time in Chicago. Pick up Miller Lite for your game day needs. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And I have to say, Johns, it is awesome to have Miller Lite on board as a new sponsor of the Hogan Johns po- podcast. Uh, really excited about that partnership this season. They've been longtime partners of the Chicago Bears. So welcome aboard Miller Lite. Yeah, Adam, I won't lie. For a long time, Miller Lite's been my beer of choice going to the local establishments here in the Chicago land area. Well, Anthony Miller made it easy for us to get it going today with, uh, with Miller Lite uh, because... It was certainly Miller time in Detroit with uh, with Anthony Miller making that catch. And I was kind of wondering for a while in this game where he was, which a lot of these guys were. You know, why I was wondering. That's my bold prediction guy. Like, That's a good point. You destroyed Detroit last year. Where are you now? Where are you now? Well, he was in the end zone at the end of the game. By the way, that makes me want to check. What did, uh, what did my guy... Mooney end up with ah oh, three targets. You said five. I said five. Three Close. targets, three catches, thirty-eight yards. What was your exact Anthony Miller bold prediction? Oh, big game! It was eight catches. I think a hundred something yards. So he had what four for seventy-six and the, the big touchdown at the end there. So not a bad performance. Look, no, like looking at the. the The stats they spread the ball around. Mr. Bisky spread the ball around pretty well. Let's let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers. Uh, Eleven guys targeted overall. Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Like so, the the argument that he's always focusing on Allen Robinson, I, th- I think, is partially there. Nine targets for Robinson, but definitely uh, a spread the wealth um, approach for for Trubisky in Detroit. Well, I didn't. I I, I thought his receivers were kind of letting him down early in the game. You know, I, I thought there was plays to be made. I know Trubisky wasn't playing great in the first half, but I thought Robinson kind of stopped short a couple times. Jimmy Graham Jimmy Graham admitted after the game that those two plays where it looked like he mistimed his jumps, he should have made the plays. He said he was act, it was actually eating him up because he felt yeah. like the entire game could have been different, and it maybe could have been. They needed a play like that, or they probably wouldn't have been trailing the way they were. The first one. There was like an awkwardness to it. Like I felt like the Lions defender was kind of pulling him down at the same time. And he yeah. had his right leg, but it just looked mistimed from the, the start. And I get the argument, well, tell Trubisky to put on his numbers, which is which is fair. But the ball was there for your six foot six former basketball playing tight end to make the play. And he said himself, he felt himself, he felt down on himself for mistiming those balls. And I think that's uh, important context. It's just not us saying it. It's Jimmy Graham himself sharing that sentiment. Yeah, look, I mean, even Tom Brady is not 100% accurate on the numbers every single time. You need players to make plays for your quarterback. Like that diving catch Allen Robinson made later in the game. That was a hell of a catch. Yeah. I think Tom Brady has a pick six today. Does he? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the day started with uh, the report that the Bears offered Tom Brady a contract, and uh, I guess they didn't need him. They have Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Hey, one thing you I said li- that was such a serious face, I know, too, but I know. which is which is good. Good, I, I like it. I, I appreciate the uh, <laughs> everything about that. No. Yeah. Um, here's one thing I like. Here's one thing I don't like. All right. Um, I love that touchdown throw to Javon Wims. I like the play design. I like um, it was a sprint out to the left. It was a good design, good route combination with Allen Robinson and Javon Wims. They kind of forced the two cornerbacks to have to switch and that created enough enough confusion. And Mitch said after the game that Robin, that play is actually designed to go to Robinson first but on the switch, the corner went with Robinson. The other one struggled to stay with Wims. He ran that nice little corner route, and Mitch put it on the money there. Uh, so yeah. I, I just loved everything about that play. The When the cornerbacks have to switch like that, if your play is timed, your quarterback is seeing the field fast and incorrectly, plays like that could be made. 
Yeah. Switches like that are, are not easy whatsoever. Ask any defender because it, it automatically delays your response in recovering to, to make plays on, on balls there in the secondary. I like Wims. I like how they use them in the um, the red zone too because he's six foot three. Talking about a guy yeah. who's got basketball playing experience as well. I, I know this. he's in his third year, and but he, he beat out Riley Ridley for playing time. Riley Ridley was an inactive today, healthy and active. And here is Javon Wims using his size and running a good route to, to catch, catch a touchdown pass. Well, look, they're similar wide receivers, and you don't really need them both to be active um, unless you're going to kick Ted Ginn out of there, really. And by the way, Ginn had uh, one target, zero catches. That was one of Mitch's worst throws of the day, by the way. It was on a third down, threw it right behind him. That was not good. Um, so, But here's my bigger concern. Cole Komet, only one target, no catches, and I wonder if we'll hear from Nagy tomorrow admit that he was, and I don't know this, but Mitch missed so badly on that throw from like just five, seven yards away, I thought like he felt like the rookie was supposed to go inside instead of sit down, and considering it's a rookie, I wonder if Komet didn't run that route the right way. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see the snap counts. The snap counts usually come out in the um, the playbook that comes out the next day. They they tally them up. Uh, Trubisky also had um, the the corner route to Demetrius Harris, which was a bit overthrown. Like that should have been a touchdown. Should have been put on the money. Yes, it should have been a touchdown. Been. Um, that was one of Trubisky's misfires. Uh, but I, I, like people kept asking, like someone tweeted at me, like where are these tight ends you keep talking about? Like you, you hype them all up and. Well, yeah, you had the two missed time uh, catches by by Graham, but like what we saw in the fourth quarter there from from Jimmy Graham, whether it's the red zone or the two catches he had um, to set up the the Javon Williams touchdown, like that's what we saw, like just a mismatch guy who still has a a decent amount of athleticism and speed in him. I get it; he's not the All Pro he once was, but he's better than Trey Burton. And you saw, like, you don't throw jump balls to Trey Burton; you don't. Like Jimmy Graham is just a better threat. I understand. He's six seven. Yeah, he, I understand. He's not an All Pro anymore, but he's still better than than what the Bears had. And you started to see what we saw in camp in that series there in the fourth quarter. Uh, all right. Before I move to the defense, and we'll close with that. What do you think this means for Trubisky, if anything? See, I asked him that. Yeah, it was my question, like the second to last question about him writing his own story. I kind of liked his response. One day at a time. I know it's kind of cliched, but it's the best way to for him to view this, right? Like, this game could have ended horrendously for him where you have, like, Nagy asking about, hey, did you go to, did you consider going to Foles? On Monday, you know, is Nick Foles going to start this week? Like, the, the whole discussions could have already flipped on its head already after week one. Trubisky's played in the fourth quarter prevented that from happening. Absolutely did. The amazing thing is he finishes the game 20 for 36, 242 yards, three touchdowns, passer rating 104.2. So the fourth fourth straight game against the Lions with three-plus touchdowns and a passer rating of at least 104.2 because before I think he had been got, gotten over 115 all three times. So it's a good line. On paper, at the end of the day, it looks like a good line. Look, I... I'm hesitant to 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 make any type of claim that this fourth quarter is going to launch him, uh, and he's going to suddenly figure it out. I think overall, you, you need to zoom out. You need to look at the whole game. And as much as I, at times, wanted to take the blame off of him because I didn't think he was getting some help, I actually thought some of the decision making was good, and he was just off with a couple throws. There's still too many plays like that missed to Demetrius Harris, which was just a touchdown at the snap. It was one of those plays where off the line, you saw he had the advantage, he had the step, he's on a guy who's smaller than him, and the ball just needs to be put right there for him to catch it. And it was overthrown by like five yards. There was still too much of that. And I so what's my guess here? And we're you know, I just think it's the whole season is gonna be kinda like this. A roller coaster? Yes. A roller coaster. Or here we go. Full of ebbs and flows. What? Yeah. Full of ebbs and flows. I There is a point in this game 
where I'm like, oh man, the the impatience level of Matt Nagy, just like he has to just to be like shaking with, like every time he turns around, he's like, oh, there's Nick Foles. You know, like, should I just go up to him? Should I just go put him in? No, I can't. <laughs> like, didn't you have that sense, like, especially in the mid-second quarter, early third quarter, like, oh, like, this is still a winnable ball game. Like, oh, maybe Nick Foles. Nope, didn't do it. Well, there were times where I felt like the only way that they could win would be change quarterbacks. Um, and then I remember they were playing the Lions and Matt Patricia. <laughs> do you think... <laughs> Do you think instead of BU on Matt Nagy's play sheet, like maybe in just smaller font, it's the Lions are still the Lions. The Lions are the Lions. And they will find a way to Lions this you know, like, game up. Like in size 8 font that you can't yeah. be picked up on, you know, by the broadcast cameras. It'd be funny if it was, though. <laughs> the, the Lions are still Ah. Hey, uh, all right, let's end on the defense. Want to start with the good? <sighs> sure. Jalen Johnson. Other than getting run over, he was good in coverage. Yeah, he was. Uh, he that, that holding penalty at the end was almost a killer, though. The Bears were lucky they survived that. Uh, but you're right. Uh, look, he's a rookie. We knew there was probably going to be a moment like that in the game. It was not a – it was a bad moment. Um – but I thought, yeah, even even like that one catch he gave up on the far sideline, he was right there. I mean, yeah. it was a it was a nice play. And I think one of Adrian Peterson's runs, um, like cut back inside of Johnson and Johnson, like like looked like one of my kids at a flag football game. Like, oh, there goes the running back. You know, like whoa, like oh, that's still Adrian Peterson. Um, so he had those moments. But then, like, you look at the, the, the Kyle Fuller interception. Yeah, Eddie Jackson cut in front of it. But Jalen Johnson was right there. His arm was right there. Mm-hmm. I thought for a guy who didn't have a, a full training camp, who was kind of thrown into the starting lineup, all in all, not a bad debut. So this gets into a bigger conversation. I think I'm going to look into this a little bit more for my 10 Bears things this week. What area would you say the Bears right now are better than they were in 2018? I I meant to say 2019. They're not better than 2018. But even 2019, that's what I'm saying. What area, what position on defense are they obviously better than they were last year? I want to say, like, I felt good about how the secondary played today. Maybe it's because, like I said, all those things about Jalen Johnson. You have Kyle Fuller's interception. Eddie Jackson looked all over the field. They looked good to me. I am concerned about the play of the inside linebackers, uh, specifically Danny Trevathan. Just, like, every single big play made by the Lions seemed to, to have him trailing in coverage. Like, even at the end there. Danny Trevathan trailing in coverage. It's yeah. not good. No, and and like I, I'm just kind of looking at it, 11 spots, right? Okay, where are they better? I think the one I could point to is I think by like week five, Jalen Johnson's definitely going to be a clear upgrade over Prince of Mukamara. Okay. He's going to have some rookie moments and it's going to take some growth, but he's going to get there. And I do agree that as a whole, the secondary's good and probably slightly better. Um, I think everywhere else, though, like you don't have Eddie Goldman, and you're not going to have Eddie Goldman. You can talk about masking that all you want. You do not have Eddie Goldman. He's not out there. You're worse at nose tackle. That's just the bottom line. Akeem Hicks, I didn't like how he looked limited to me today. I think the snap counts will reflect that when we see that in the morning. But I also thought his play, and it was a huge sack late in the game. So he still came through and made that huge play. I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm worried, though. We're talking about a 30-year-old defensive tackle who's been grinding in the trenches, playing through injuries, had a major one last year. I I just worry about the decline It. Not saying it's happening. I think I've brought this up before, but you talk about defensive linemen in the 30s. Sometimes it comes out of nowhere. Now, he still made the big play at the end. I just, 
I'm just look. It's week one. I think that's something to monitor. That's all I'm saying. At the end there, where Stafford's kind of scrambling, you're not getting really far. It's Matthew Stafford, but like you needed that like five, seven, eight yard sack lost to that, that game ceiling sack. Um, like you kept thinking, Cleo Mack would be there to deliver it, but I kept thinking to myself, this is where they sign Robert Quinn. This is where you need yeah. a thirty million dollar guaranteed pass rusher to close the game out for you. Even though you got Cleo Mack, I felt like, and I think some pass rush stats show that, like all the way up to the point until the fourth quarter, that they weren't getting after Stafford. At least not enough. At least not to, to what we are, are used to or expecting from them. So just in terms of the pass rush, uh, the middle linebackers, I'm a bit concerned. Like Adrian Peterson, how weird did he look in the Lions uniform, by the way? He did. He, that that was weird. Like really weird. But like Adrian Peterson, talk about guys over 30. Like you can't have Adrian Peterson looking at times like Adrian Peterson from the Minnesota Vikings from like 10 years ago. Well, look, the way, the way you overcome how – like, we, look, we just named two guys, Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks, who are getting up there in age. That's just fair, okay, from a football standpoint. So you need younger guys to step up. Now, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to look at the tape and see how Roquan Smith played. Um, I don't know. How, off, you know, off the top of my head, I don't remember seeing him make any huge plays today. See if I can scroll down here. So he led the team in tackles with Deshaun Gibson with seven. Adrian Peterson ran for 93 yards on 14 carries. Yeah. His longest was 21 yards. And he wasn't even on the team until like a week ago. How great is Adrian Peterson, by the way? Yeah. He just shows up and he still looks special. Yeah. Yeah. Still, well, he's not the same running back. But yes, today he looked like some of those runs, like, oh, there's Adrian Peterson. It's maybe it is the lack of a a true training camp because the Bears did not hit much, and you always, I know some de- defenders will be like, it takes us a few weeks to get into a flow here. Um, you could say the same thing about some quarterbacks around the league, um, but yeah, some of those plays over the middle were alarming for me, and I, and I think when the Bears see him on film as well, like. There could be some adjustments coming from from Chuck Pagano. At least, at least I hope so. I don't know what they have at their disposal to to make those adjustments, but something has to to change because the opponents will, will see the same. Look, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom of the defense. I'm not at all saying that this thing's going to fall apart. They still played well enough to win a football game today, okay? Um, but this might be more this might be a more pronounced concern discussion had. DeAndre Swift not drop that touchdown at the end. You know what I mean? Because now we're talking about a loss, and we're talking about a game in which the Lions scored 30 points. Um, My oh, point... It, yeah. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, just my point is, I don't see a whole lot of evidence that they're going to be better than 2019. Okay? 2019 was good. It was very good, quite frankly. I'm just... I think I'm just trying to set the expectations for fans out there um, that tend to think that this defense is somehow going to morph back into 2018. I wanted to wait and see. But here we are once again talking about a game. I know Khalil Mack had a couple pressures. Where's the sacks? You know, and like... We can keep talking in circles about this guy. Yeah, okay, pressures, blah, blah, blah. They're paying him. They gave up two first-round picks. They gave him the biggest defensive contract in football. You got to have the production. And to, and just today wasn't good enough. Finished the play. There was one snap late um, where he kind of got tripped up on his pressure of Stafford. I, I want to say I don't have my full notes in front of me. Um, I think it was on that last drive where I'm like, oh, I think that knee might be bothering him. Like, he was kind of slow to get up. Uh, we all saw the picture on Twitter that I think his trainer sent out to people. I don't know, like, yeah. or, or shared. Like, he was getting work on on Friday. Um, so that's something to to watch very closely. Yeah. Especially, like, like, like you said, forget the pressure. He's paid the sack, the quarterback, to put him on his back. 
and he's being paid handsomely for it. Um, that would be a crushing blow for the Bears. Again, no doom and gloom here. It's a win for the Bears. But if he catches that touchdown at the end, if that rookie running back catches that ball, we're on the defense. Like the defense yeah. is, is getting critiqued, and I'm putting that mildly. Um, and I'd also I, they came up with the big takeaway at the end, but I'll say this: for too long in this game, everyone was talking about at least on Twitter about how the Bears' offense looked exactly like it did in 2019, right? And here I'm sitting here going, I think the defense looks exactly like it did in 2019, right? Good, but not great. Not coming up with impactful takeaways, sacks. It did at the end. They got one takeaway which was huge and they got that Akeem Hicks sack which was huge I just have some concerns going forward and uh, we don't have to get into this right now but this is just one example of how a win changes some of the discussion if they had lost this game how much would we have been talking about Matt Nagy's decision before halftime that was a huge like two touchdown swing yeah Mm -hmm. that was Yes, it was Matt Nagy's decision. I, I like that he's got faith in his guy. Be aggressive. But the game just wasn't translating that way. It, it wasn't. It didn't, it didn't seem. The, it, the safer than sorry approach seemed more warranted at that point in time. I don't mind that he called timeout with, I think, it was 114 on the clock. Um,. The Lions had three timeouts, but as soon as Tariq Cohen got the ball back, he, so he first of all, he he didn't fair catch a ball that he got popped on, and then on that one, he fair caught it when he had ruined the run. So that was like a tiny special teams problem today, but he had some room to run there. He fair catches it. He's at his own 10-yard line. That's the moment where I'm like, okay, you should probably be careful here. First throw goes five yards out of bounds. Fine. So now you got a second five. With them having three timeouts, they now have the ability to stop the clock either way. But maybe I would have run the ball there. It's just all of a sudden you get backed up at the 10 and the other team has three timeouts. The field goal is totally in play for the other team. And that's where you got to be careful. And as it turned out, they ended up getting a touchdown. Quite a swing. So, wasn't there a penalty on special teams as well? Uh, was that later in the game or was that in that sequence? Because you I tweeted read. hashtag Bear Special Teams. I just there was. Re- I just uh, can't recall. Yeah, uh, one of the Gunners ran out of bounds. It may have been right there. Yeah, it may have been there. I think it was. Yeah, that was just a disastrous sequence. Uh, it gave the Lions a touchdown going into the half, a touchdown coming out of the half, and honestly, the Bears were lucky to be. To come back after that. But that's what the Lions do. That is what the Lions do. Yes. We good? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Kyle Fuller played a great game today. I got to say. And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller. There it is. I didn't like the penalty on him early in the game. Oh, when he uh, had a helmet on football? Yeah. 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 I don't know if we're going to hear from this guy this year. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Because he got, like, demoted or replaced without losing his job. Again, I don't know what kind of photos he has on Roger Goodell. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, the uh, the helmet to football penalty, that's a new one I haven't seen. Can I make uh, one final comment here? I hate the artificial crowd noise. I found it awkward, odd. There's no reaction to the like to the gameplay. Like like one of the Lions guys out there, like holding his hamstring in pain, and there's just crowd noise. <laughs> so like everybody's you know hamming it up, drinking Miller Lights in Detroit. So there's there's a couple things because I was reading about this. One is there's a separate, there's two different crowd noise tracks. There's one that Fox is running on the broadcast, and then there's one that's just in the stadium. And so I don't know 
if they just weren't doing a good enough job of like changing the, you know, riding the crowd noise to reflect the play, or if we just were picking up then on what was you were hearing in the stadium, I don't know. But yes, there were definitely moments where like the, you know, the climax of a play would happen, and then it would just keep going at the same level. Yes. Or like the play would be over, and it would just keep going at the same level, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Whereas I thought Thursday, this is why I'm wondering if it's a difference between what NBC did Thursday night and what Fox was doing today, because. And NBC's broadcast Thursday, I thought everything sounded pretty normal. And I, I thought gonna, the crowd was noise agree. was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, thinking back on it, I don't recall having the same thoughts as I watched Mahomes and Watson duel it out. Like, that felt, well, natural is not the right word there, but it just felt better. Yeah. When Allen Robinson makes a diving catch over the middle, like, there should be no, no cheering in Ford Field. But, hey, hey, week one. Everybody's going to learn. Everybody's going to grow from this. We'll see what happens in week two. It was also a Dick Stockton game. so Because apparently Kenny Albert couldn't get out of the bubble or something in Canada because he does hockey. I'm not sure what happened there. Kenny he's, Albert was supposed to do the game. Yeah, he's fully bubbled. He's he bubbled up. Um. All right, let's get out of here. It's fun doing a post-game show. Bears win. The Bears win. They're 1-0. That's all that matters. They should be 0-1, definitely, oh, but they're not. Just take it. Oh, you take it. Yeah. You also acknowledge that they should be 0-1. No, it's like the Lions should be 1-0. <laughs> yeah. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. All right, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You could read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johns is on The Athletic, of course, and you should be subscribed there. TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you do that. And we should tell you, hopefully you saw this on Twitter, we do have a voicemail line. It's a new number, though. So if you still want to call in, you can react to the game. The new number is 872-221-0046 Jump in on the voicemails We will hear those On Tuesday Thanks to our producer Kent Garrison Thanks to Ernie Scatton Coming through with the post game open Once again We love Ernie doing those And uh, he's back on the pod With the post game open That you heard at the beginning of the podcast and uh, please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Bears 1-0. Who cares if they should be 0-1, right, Johnsy? The Lions will always be the Lions. See ya. Full of ebbs and flows. <laughs>